Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap fabrics here in New York City. Hi, I'm Chris DeRosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life, human or otherwise. Then we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or will we ultimately come to the conclusion that this is not sustainable? We're here and a bomb is about to be dropped on me. I was told that a bomb was going to drop. So if it's not, if I'm not blown away by this, I will be disappointed. Okay. You want to know what's up in my life? This is what's up. I woke up the other day. And Bracing for impact over here. My dad blew up my inbox. <gasps> I would like to shout out that Jim Silverstein is an avid listener of this podcast. Hello. And he's been super supportive since we started this, which I both appreciate and am flabbergasted by. I just didn't expect that This Is Not Sustainable would be for my family. Reaching your father. And I I mean, I cannot say how much I appreciate that they're listening, but also I found this email. It's, wait, very quickly. It's yeah. also, ex- not to make this all about me, but it's actually extremely mortifying that your father is listening to me say the stupidest things ever on this podcast. I mean, not just my father, but also my mother and my sister. No. So <laughs> just, just like take that into account. Okay, God. Copy that. Um, oh, God in heaven. Okay. I'm go, already continue. thinking about things that I've said. And wow. Well, I hope they're learning. Yeah, but about they me. know you. Like, you know what I mean? I don't. They're learning even copy, more. Copy that. Go ahead. So, this is what this email says. Um, or I should say, this is an excerpt from this email October 29th, 2021. Okay. <laughs> okay. Really? <laughs> so, I wrote to me, Mother Earth. After you wanted to know about the statement on their packaging. No, 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 no. I am blown away. I am atomic bombed. That's how blown away. (gasps) Ah! Okay, go. Got this response back. See my question at the bottom. Hope you give them a follow-up credit in a future podcast. Okay, so I'm scrolling to the bottom. This is amazing. Uh, he wrote in to like the form submission. This is better than when you told me that you called off your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. The, the initial question says really enjoying some of your stuff. I'm curious about the the casual nature at the beginning. PS. Oh yeah. I'm curious about the statement on some of your packaging. What does quote responsibly made mean? How does the manufacturer qualify to earn that designation? Okay. So they wrote back a lengthy response, which he forwarded to us. And I am here to tell you the follow-up of the season. This is what responsibly made means. I'm so nervous. Are you gagged this is right like now? This Oscar's best picture. Like, I'm, like, biting my nails. Like, I'm, like, okay. La La Land. Um, okay. <laughs> That's so stupid. Hello, Jim. Thanks for reaching out. By responsibly, we are sharing that we vet our manufacturers before working with them. 
All of our manufacturers are third-party certified and inspected for safety and labor practices. Auditing organizations include TUV, you with the umlaut, Intertech, and BSCI. All cotton products are GOTS, G-O-T-S, organic cotton, and BSCI certified for fair labor slash working conditions. We've always had the environmental and people... I'm sorry. We've always had the environment and people in mind as we are environmentalists ourselves. When we choose to add products to our product line and spend hundreds of hours researching and testing, we only work with established manufacturers of eco-friendly products. We ask them about where their raw materials are sourced. China is such a huge country with a lot, in all caps, of raw materials being produced, which is great as it limits the amount of global shipping that needs to be done. China also has the largest bamboo forest in the world and has been manufacturing bamboo products since the 1980s. So they not only have the raw materials, but advanced technology and product development for these products. Our stainless steel manufacturer actually began production in Colorado, but moved everything overseas years ago. We are definitely at the mercy of the system we didn't create. But again, we do the best we can to monitor, audit, ask questions, and do the best we can. We also have many products made in the USA. Soaps, shampoo, conditioner, lotions, cleaning products, toothpaste, tooth powder, etc. Canada, unpaper towels, laundry detergent, strips, and a couple made in Europe, toothpaste tablets, Swedish dish, dish cloths. All the best, Amanda, me, Mother Earth. I'm beside myself. Okay, there was a lot of lip service, as Tahira would say, in that email. But also, pop off. Interesting that they said that, like, so they're saying that because they do things in China because already in China there's a lot of raw material, so instead of shipping it to the United States to make it all there, they're like, it's better because they're making it all in the same country. I think that the argument is that by importing a finished product... They're versus cutting down like, yes. on emissions to ship raw yeah, materials. I'm around. shipping one yes. thing versus three things that then get made in the United right. States. Right. It's like, well, we got the silicone there, but then it's being molded here and yes. then it's being shipped there. Like, I think what they're saying is finished goods. Which is, which. No, it's it's a valid point. It's a po- valid point, right? As someone who I'm just like, I don't fucking know what I'm talking about, but it makes sense, right? It is a valid point that reducing carbon emissions in the transportation of raw materials to manufacturing is a valid way to reduce the overall CO2 footprint of a product. I think that what they're saying is they're looking into who's making these things and making sure that they are independently third-party certified and audited. All right, there were a lot of um, abbreviations. Can you... BSCI. BSCI. I know. I'm Googling them right now. Oh, do you know what these are? I'm like fucking... Just just go. BSCI. BSCI provides companies with a social auditing methodology and report. I don't even, I don't know what this means. What, what BSCI means business social. Okay. BSCI is business social compliance initiative. It was established in 2003 by the foreign trade association, the FTA. Okay. So that's like good, I guess. Any other, what were the other? I'm looking up GOTS certified right now. Oh, but I was searching in my email. Um, (laughs) GOTS certified is a certification for organic cotton that I am familiar with, but I don't know the definition of, so I'm going to look into it right now. GOTS, the leading organic textile standard. Basically, what it's saying is the first ever... The standard, here it is. 
Global Organic Textile Standards has clearly defined set of criteria and is transparent. GOTS is the worldwide leading textile processing standard for organic fibers, including ecological and social criteria backed by independent certification of the entire textile supply chain. GOTS, G-O-T-S, certified final products may include fiber products, yarns, fabrics, clothing, home textiles, mattresses, personal hygiene products, as well as food, contact, textiles, and more. Having one common standard means textiles processors and manufacturers can export their fabrics and garments with one organic certification that is accepted in all major markets. This transparency also gives consumers the power to choose truly organic products sourced from green supply chains. So what they're saying is anything that they're selling with fiber, you know, organic cotton is got certified. That was a lot of words and like, I didn't get much. So, I mean, I'm an idiot. So that's why, but like, so it was, it's good. Here's what I'm going to say is that what they are saying in this email is essentially there are independent third party certifications and standards that each of their manufacturers and products are meeting. So if we are curious about the authenticity of their supply chain, then like, here's all these awards that I got for being, Right. Um, above board. Right. So, and you don't necessarily need to agree with GOTS or with BSCI or whatever, but it's a standard, right? Understood. So what we were initially questioning is what does responsibly made in China mean? And it means that this is not some random factory that no one has ever been in and we don't know. It yeah. means that they're holding a certification of a certain level of quality quality of the labor that's going into it of the cleanliness of the facility and then also of the materials going into it so yes. i do appreciate that they are saying that the things are made in china they're being transparent about the fact that they're made in china true and then there's a traceable sort of base level standard that these manufacturers and raw materials are meeting so here's my real go off about it is okay. like would love to see these laurels like on your packaging it is true. For someone, for someone that's going to be, if I'm someone who's like actually looking to be like, is how sustainably made is this product? For someone, you right. know what I mean? Like if I'm seeing those, I'm, I'm enjoying. Like correct? on a silicone bowl, bowl cover, for example, which was one of the things we got from me, Mother Earth, I would love to see like BSCI certified silicone and made in a whatever certification factory, just because those are, as a consumer, those are the things that I would actually yeah, look that's at. that's a selling point. Hello. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Secondly... None of this, you can fucking throw every single little certification at me every which way you want till fucking Sunday. Guess what they didn't do is clear up the fact that their way that they wrote their thing on their packaging was extremely misleading. And like they did it on purpose and you can't tell me that they did it, period. Listen, even the email that they wrote, which does have some interesting and good points in it about how they're sourcing and manufacturing was as you said a lot of lip service a lot of work a lot of jargon it was a lot of jargon and you know as someone who has a brand where we have come up with questions like this from customers what we want to be able to say is i have personally been in the factory and know the first name of if not the first and last name of every single person who works on a zero waste annual product boom and they're all made here in new york city boom and I am personally involved in the sourcing of each of the materials. Boom. And, 
And I will also tell you, you know, the thread is made in China and it has a polyester core. And the reason that we use this quote unquote unsustainable material is to improve the longevity of the product, which Boom. ultimately leads to it being more sustainable because it doesn't fall apart. Period. <laughs> so, you know, I am looking for, I think, a slightly higher level of transparency, but I do appreciate the timely response and the depth of. But why am I going to, why am I finding this in an email? Why am I finding out, reaching out? Why aren't you throwing those little BSCIs and gots and whatever the fuck else? On the packet. Throw, yes. Hello. Right. I agree. Products, other products that we've seen have like all the little laurels, as I like to call them, like as if it's a film and it's like a film at like Sundance, um, has all their little like certifications right on the package. Right. And I'm interested in that. That makes me, I, that makes me go, ooh, ah, like look at that. Your father's doing the Lord's work. Uh, outside of all of what we're saying, your father's doing the Lord's work. Listen, he's semi-retired. He has the time to do the Lord's I know, Lord's but like work. that's great that he f emailed them. I think it is really great. I also really appreciate it. Um, you know, we got an interesting comment on TikTok that I want to talk about, which I think relates to the level of research that we put into some of these products. We got this amazing comment that I was living for. Uh, someone responded to our video by saying, this screams surface level knowledge of sustainability. And I feel like, first of all, we're responding to a TikTok, right? So like how much deeper do you want us yeah, to go? I don't have the time. I'll talk all day. And secondly, I think that what we want to do is inspire listeners, followers, people who see the videos, viewers, fellow TikTokers to actually send those emails and do that research. We want people to start thinking about it. I am not a professional researcher. I'm actually a fashion designer and this podcast is like my part-time thing. And so having whether it's my father, a listener, a friend, a family member, an interested party, reach out and do that research as part of our community is, I think, what we're looking no, for. No, and is really cool. And right? especially if someone's like, oh, no, I actually am curious about that. Let me go email. Right. Like, no one here is claiming to have a deeper level of knowledge, but look at Jim, like, making the effort to educate himself. Yes. And I think that And us in the process. Right. He's, he really, I mean, he is our elder, and he is someone to emulate. I mean, this man has figured it the fuck out. And also, I'm not claiming to know everything. I Googled every single one of those little You're actually letters. incredibly open about how little you know yeah. on some topics. And like, I'm like, I'm not, like I had to Google all those things. Yes. I don't know what any of those things mean. And what do I always say? Google it. If only I had a teeny computer in my pocket. Yeah. So it's like, I don't get what, and also, you know what? Why the fuck? Like, yeah, maybe it is only surface level sustainability knowledge. Like, what of it? Well, that's the whole point, right? And this is actually today's going to be an interesting episode because this is sort of like our social media TikTok moment. We're going to be talking to a huge TikTok star today. Yeah. And we all deal with negativity in the comments. We all love to watch and hate a video. We love to poke holes in things like, why are we like that? I'm not sure. But I think for a product like this and knowing that our episode reached one person who took a step to educate themselves further and then shared that with the group, I think that's like really kind of what we set out to do. hundred percent. Right? So I, I feel great about it. We're succeeding in so many ways. However, 
there, we have people that are coming to us and basically saying like, why are you, why are you going after these other creators with your opinions when you could go after on TikTok when you could be going after large companies? Oh, the same with the product reviews. Like why, like why poke holes in like a small startup business? Yes. When you could be doing like this big, you know what I mean? When you can be, when you could be like going after like the Goliath of the whatever place industry. I'm not, I don't have the ear of Procter and Gamble or Johnson and Johnson sure. or Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. Or the Disney company or like, you know what I mean? I don't have the ear of like those things, but like I do, what I do have is like the ear of the person that's like interested in making an art form, doing some kind of crafts, doing like, I don't know, doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like I know hundred percent. We, we have the ear of these people that are, not a huge corporation. And like, is that the way that you make change? Or do you have to go and like take down like, like old spice in order to like be valid? I don't know. It's like, I feel like there's so much discouragement of like, I don't know. Well, I think what you're hitting on is that people feel from time to time in some of these videos, like we're like shaming a creator for making something unsustainable. But I think what we're doing is actually, you know, our reaction to their video is really the small part. What we're actually trying to do is change the mind of the viewers, right? So if it gets a million views or 2 million views as several of our videos have, then those 2 million people should be thinking about sustainability. In that 2 million people, I bet you have several people who work at a large corporation and might be able to affect some positive change there. And they might be thinking differently about what they do at work, whether it's the office culture, the supply chain, the finished product. That's true. You know, like, that's true. and that's what we set out to do. So I feel like it's very narrow minded to be like, don't attack a creator. I'm like, I'm trying to get as many views as possible to get people thinking about sustainability in a different way. And I think the other thing too is like, how many fucking, how many fucking petitions have you signed to like petition a huge corporation to like stop dumping in the ocean? Okay. A bajillion. I have signed many, many, many. Has any of those done anything? No. This is what I'm going to say because I feel like this is a, a conversation that comes up a lot is that people are like, well, you know, the consumers can't do anything about it. The companies have to stop making it. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. We, the consumers, shape the market trends. The demand. We shape the demand. The demand, the market trends. And so if we're not buying something or we're, you know, getting millions of people to stop buying something because they saw a stupid TikTok about how unsustainable it is, then that's actually going to change what the company produces. And yelling at a company or duetting them and telling them they're doing something horribly, they literally literally don't care. They don't care. But if 2 million people stop buying something, they might stop producing it. Period. Slam. But also that being said, we don't, we aren't like slamming, like the, their products are not in our TikToks that, of someone making a glitter um, but, ornament. I mean, yes, but no. Like, I mean, what does Crayola make glitter? Oh, I guess you're right, yeah. Or like, you know, does Procter & Gamble make the disposable right. no, pipe, you're right. piping you're bags? Right. You're right, you're right. And so I feel like it's really having the conversation out there in a really visible way. And that's what I want this whole podcast to be about is like, training people to see waste. This is not sustainable. You're supposed to be able to look at something and think to yourself, this is not sustainable. And not for nothing, (laughs) a little phrase I picked up from my co-host, Chris, not for nothing, 
Our hashtag, hashtag this is not sustainable, has over 6 million views on it now. Wait, does it really? It really does. And so, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I added that hashtag to TikTok, no one was talking about this is not sustainable. And now people are tagging us in videos and using that hashtag and finding things through it because they're starting to think about things not being sustainable on TikTok. So I think if we're getting people to change their minds about how they're seeing that content and how they're consuming things, I don't give a fuck what those nasty comments say. Well, you know, I don't care about what it. What oh, you don't care I in never, the first place. No, especially when people are hating. It's like, I, I do actually yeah. kind of live for them. I, I, no, I think on that exact comment, I wrote like, go off, tell us more about ourselves. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, but I like hearing people's opinions. That's the one thing I will say is like, even if it's something where they're, they're mad about something, I like hearing why. Yeah. Like that's, I'm extremely interested in that and, and hear a lot about that. And we do want to start the conversation. conversation. This is not sustainable is supposed to be a conversation about sustainability with people who don't normally think about it. It's not supposed to be a, a bunch of sustainability people being like, you know what I'm doing? I'm using the shampoo. I'm also using the shampoo. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. we want to look at stuff and be like, wow, that was really funny and it looks disgusting and it's totally not sustainable or, you know, Oh, and sometimes we love a product and we think it's totally sustainable. Yeah. And the other thing is like some people were reaching out with like certain things that we were saying that's not sustainable and they were kind Kind of like proving us wrong in the comments which i'm also super here for. i love it in one of our videos there is a christmas ornament and it's like a clear bulb and someone puts glue inside of it and then they put glitter inside of that and then they like they like turn around the like the glitter so that it's coated all over evenly and then it's like a glitter ornament and we said it wasn't sustainable but someone in the comments said isn't this more sustainable than having a glittery because i say in the video they, they make already these. make these yes. and someone in the comments said isn't this because it's plastic on the outside and the glitters on the inside wouldn't this be a little bit more sustainable because the glitter isn't falling off the ornament and like falling over the floor and so which like is like, what we refer to as microplastics and i was like actually they're right i mean the reality is that neither option is sustainable, yes. but fewer microplastics equals fewer microplastics. Yeah. So it's like, that's interesting that I was like, oh, I actually didn't think about it that way. Well, the one that- In the two seconds that we were reacting to the video blindly. But like, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Again, like this is just like, once I actually thought about it, I was like, oh no, you're right. Well, the one that really stuck with me was that little apparatus for cutting the watermelon where it's like a fork with like a weird like... A little like a uh, bandsaw thing on it. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, I mean, this is stupid. Just use a knife. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's probably sustainable that it's like stainless steel, but like you don't need this. You literally like, do, it doesn't need to exist. I mean, it doesn't need to exist. You and know then that all of the comments were like, what about people with disabilities? What about someone who doesn't have knife skills? Like, what about all of this? And I was like, I mean... Actually, that's totally a fair point. Yeah, that's true. And I'm really here for being wrong. Like, I, yeah. I I, only know what I know, and I'm just reacting with my opinion, and I'm making no misgivings about that. So I want people to tell us things. On our videos about glitter, do you know how many cool, sustainable glitter companies have been tagged? And we're learning about them now. So, like, look at all these great resources. We're not saying don't have glitter in your life. Glitter is evil. I fucking love glitter. I just don't want to be part of the problem. So I'm looking for sustainable glitter. And the one in that video, not sustainable. And, like, think about the fact, like, that goes in your water and then you drink that eventually. And it ends up in your fish and then you eat that. Isn't that wild? It's not okay. Yeah, no. This is not sustainable. Oh okay. Um... It's just really interesting. I don't know. It's very thought provoking. We've it's kind of, we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's like, it's, it's worth bringing up again because it's just like very, 
It's very thought provoking. Well, not only bringing up again, but we're going to dive deep today because our guest is a TikTok star. He's, I mean, by the time this comes out, he's going to have a million followers Probably, on TikTok. Yeah. It's really insane. And he started making cooking videos and now he will like literally let you into almost any aspect of his life. It's really cool to watch his growth on social media. Um, and I'm sure he's fed into a little bit of the things that are like how we kind of like feed into the negativity a little bit. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure he does things like that. As you know what I mean? It's like I can't wait to ask him about that. Like, yeah, if, if he like is like riding the trends or like, like are there things that you do that. that you wouldn't normally do, but you're doing it because it's like gonna help, right? Gonna get you followers or yeah. whatever. And what's the impact of that? So we'll be right back with Elliot Norris, and we're gonna hear all about it. We're back, and I'm super excited to introduce our next guest. You probably know him from a bazillion of his viral videos all over TikTok. Uh, You might have seen him slapping his belly or making something absolutely delicious. It is the one and only Elliot Norris. Elliot, thanks for joining us. Of course, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. It's (laughs) a literal pleasure. Um, I started following you recently, and it's hilarious to watch you slap your belly and jiggle it and then make food. I just was like, at first I was like, what's happening? And then as soon as I got in the groove, I was like, wait, this is so entertaining. And it's so it's been a pleasure to watch you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. The, the belly slap people seem to really like that. I don't know why, but it kind of just stuck. So I, I tried to put it in here and there. <laughs> it's catchy. Um, it's adorable. It's catchy. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it kind of, it sort of sets the tone for the whole thing. Like this is going to be cute. It's going to taste good. And also I'm cute while I'm doing yeah, it. And, so. I don't, and you don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah, you know what I mean? It. It's like a, yeah, which is nice. Um, and I love that you're so unfiltered with your reactions. Like, this is disgusting. I'm spitting it out on camera. Don't make this recipe. Or <laughs> yeah, I think people like think like food is so like it always has to be good. But like a lot of the time, these internet trends and foods like they're not that good. No, they look <laughs> gross. Like half the time I see <laughs> them, are- I'm like, this looks disgusting. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing I want to know from you, and we talked to all of our guests about this, but um, I know we've chatted a little in the past. Where are you in terms of sustainability? What does that mean to you? And, you know, what what do you think? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because um, I, I'm American, but I'm also half French. So um, I spent a lot of my childhood in France. And as you know, the French have always been pretty woke about sustainability and plastic waste. I think right now, currently as of last year, um, I think single use plastic is banned in France or in Paris. I don't know. You might have to fact check me on that one. But um, yeah, they've always been pretty on top of it. So it's been weird because I've been in the US where we get our you know, supersize me meals with plastic, 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 plastic. And then I'll go to France over the summer and you have to pay 20 cents for like a plastic bag. Um, you know, they don't really wrap things. So growing up, you know, I always knew a little bit about sustainability and, you know, we would, you know, do as much as we could. I grew up in Michigan though. And, you know, it's not California, you know, it's still a little bit old school with, you know, everything from driving to like fast food and whatever it is. Sure. Um, But as of recently, like two years ago or so, I was actually working for a company and I was, I guess this is the best way to put it, but I was forced into sustainability almost. Um, So I was working for this agency where I was a video editor, um, but then they all of a sudden they wanted me to kind of shoot some original content for them. So um, one of the pages that I was help, like helping to run was a sustainability page. So all of a sudden I went from like, 
I don't know, just being myself and like not really thinking about it too much to like really being like almost forced into it, like really like head on and going to these eco shops and making all these like low waste recipes. Uh, so I did that for about a year and yeah, it kind of really like woke me up. Um, but my, my thing was that like, I did, I almost felt like I was like fake or like lying to myself because like I would shoot these videos where I go to the zero waste stores, but then like I would literally go and get a Starbucks coffee, you know, in yeah, plastic. And so it right I always had this, yeah. Yeah. I always had this like weird kind of like, I'm such a poser, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. What was it like doing like, you said you were kind of like forced into it. Like what was it like yeah. to like have to kind of that be your assignment, like to go and, yeah. and research these things. Cause it's not many, not many people have that experience. It's really interesting yeah. that you're like, yeah, you were almost doing it like a journalist. Yeah, like, yeah. Was, what, yeah. What were some of the things that surprised you the most? Definitely. I mean, it was a lot of learning. I mean, it was really interesting too, because I mean, California, Los Angeles, we have a lot of different options for, um, you know, everything from like zero waste stores to, um, you know, farmers markets mm -hmm. to coffee shops that don't use plastic. So we, there was a lot of options available. So it actually just really opened my eyes more to really see how these businesses were like running. And then I was able to kind of like explore a different like part of like, I don't know, LA almost and a different, like, I, I don't know, just learning a lot, which is really like interesting to me. Like I did the, the first thing that I did with the kickoff was I did plastic free July about like, not this past July, but like two years ago. Um, and that was really interesting because like, I mean, it was my goal to like not use one piece of single use plastic. That, but I mean, I couldn't do that. It was literally impossible. So that was just really eye opening for me. You know, just everything from like, I remember like the first day, like my friends were having a picnic and I was like, they're like, oh, can you go pick up like, you know, plates? And, and like, you were like, I you know, can't. You were like, yeah, I simply I like, can't I like, do I that. Already, yes. I was like, I can't mess up on the first day. Yeah. So I was like, I'm literally not bringing anything. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of like learning. And I think like, yeah, I was just like, it really like opened my eyes to how much like plastic I really used like every, every day. day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of, I was curious to know, like leading to the next part of this, because I feel like a lot of your videos, you like to like try out trends and yeah. a lot of them like require you to buy a certain thing, this kind of ramen, that kind of thing from whatever fast food restaurant. Yeah. So there's, do you feel like pressure to engage in the trends or do you feel like sometimes you don't want to do them because you don't want to buy the thing or like, yeah. where are you at with all of that? So like the reason that I had to leave that job actually was because there was, there was some conflict too with what I was doing on the side and what was like my full-time job kind of. So that was like one of the reasons I had to leave that job was because you know, I was like living this like double life. Like it sounds so dramatic. Like it wasn't dramatic, like that dramatic, but um, yeah, you know, that's the weird thing about the internet is that you have to like jump on trends and it's like, that's the best way to grow and the easiest way to grow and your stuff gets pushed more. So like half 95% of the time, like I don't really want to engage in these trends, but I know that if I go to McDonald's and get the blah, 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 and do it with this, like that video will do well. So it's almost annoying, but um, I don't know. It's just, part of the job and you know i try to like make it up in different ways i guess but sure. yeah it's tricky yeah it's tricky well and it's it's kind of like a like it's kind of representative of sure. like you want to do the better but then at the same time it's like you're not always going to be able to do that or be as successful at something 
doing it the way that like we would want to sustainably. Okay, so let me like throw one go. at you and go. you give us your hot takes because I feel like our experience of this is when we do our reaction videos for our TikTok, the uh-huh. ones where we dislike trends are always the most popular and people love to engage in that kind of negativity. And uh-huh. we feel like there's so many videos that we make where like we're, we want to shout out a small business, we want to shout out a sustainability trend and people are just like not sharing and engaging in that post. And then when we're like, we hate this, it's yeah, disgusting. If I say something, if I say something like mean, a million then, views. Yeah, if I say something mean, then people are love it. Yeah. Well, people like hot takes on like trending stuff because there's... The videos might do really well, but like a lot of people probably actually feel the same way that you do. I think honestly, yeah, like yeah. even like some of the creators. So like calling it out is is I don't know. It's just more of like comedic thing to do. I don't know, but people like that. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting because I feel like TikTok has its own sort of community vibe where like I feel like Instagram is all about trying to look perfect, and TikTok yeah. is all about like being super transparent like i'm gonna tell you everything i think as quick as i think it and in 15 seconds you're gonna mm-hmm. move on to something else yeah literally how do you feel about like some of your best performing videos or do you have like a favorite aspect of what you do on tiktok so my best performing videos usually like have something to do with like trends and usually like it's usually like taking a trend and like changing it like 10 percent, i guess i mean kind of making it your own but yeah you have to I think the reason why, you know, those videos that you guys do do well is because you are transparent. You do have to be pretty transparent in yourself at the same time, but also you don't really want to like copy anyone else, but you have to copy them a little bit, but not mm-hmm. so much where you can tell, you know? So it's just really weird, like replicating things like a jillion different times. But no, I think TikTok, TikTok's just so different. You know, I have recipes that have gone viral and then I've had like non-food related things go for so that's the thing that i really like about tiktok is that it's you know if it's a good piece of content usually it should do well so it doesn't you know you're not too stuck in like a corner i guess yeah one of my favorite things about what i've been seeing from you recently is that you're expanding so much into aspects of your personal life like i started following you because i loved all of your cooking videos but now i feel like i'm really getting to know you on tiktok and that's been really fun yeah, no, like it was a weird transition because I felt like at first I, I only could do food or I only should stay around food. I was like, okay, like this is professional. Like I need to like make sure that like it's just all food related. And I, but then I was like, I don't want to like put myself in a corner. I was like, do I make another account? I was like, no, like I'm just going to slowly ease into it. So now I'm like, okay, sorry you followed me for the food, but now you're stuck with, <laughs> you're stuck with me for now. Um, unless you want to follow me, which is fine. But no, it's been great. Like I've seen, you know, a lot of um, kind of more interaction and engagement and new people you know like are have been coming a lot faster so yeah i don't know i feel yeah i think that's the nice thing about like tiktok and just like the internet in general is that like i don't know just be yourself and hopefully people will lean towards it i don't know i think that's great advice one thing you said earlier that i wanted to go back to really quickly you said that when you were making the videos when you were at that agency and you Mm -hmm. were like doing sustainability stuff and then you would like be done and you said that you felt like you were a poser I feel like yeah. there's so many people like myself included that feel similar sometimes yeah. about this kind of stuff is that why how why did you feel that way I don't know I just want to talk about that really quickly because yeah, I think it's very very applicable let's dive right in well I think that like there's this idea about sustainability where it's like either you're sustainable or you're not sustainable mm-hmm. and the reality like you guys even know like it's just you can't it's not possible like the world that we live in the you know the advancements that have been made in this world it's just literally not possible to do that right now and i mean maybe it is a little bit but it's 
it's just not. I mean, yeah. maybe if you're like in New Zealand, Australia, where single-use plastic is banned and it's all farmers markets and you have your own farm, maybe. But in the U.S., it's just like not a thing. I don't care where you live. Um, so I think at the beginning when I was doing, you know, working on with that sustainability company, I felt that a lot. I was like, wow, I'm like such a poser. But then, you know, after a couple months, I just like realized that, you know, it's just so hard and it's impossible and you can't like be perfect you really can't be perfect like yeah like i'll go to the farmer's market and you know i'll try to like buy like local grown stuff but like mm. i just had to come to terms with like yeah i sometimes i want starbucks and i'm gonna go and get starbucks like i try to reuse my cups as much as i can like i'll, I'll maybe refill this with another coffee later and maybe i'll wash it out and put water in it so it's just little things like that where it's just trying to do a little bit more than i could but honestly yeah, i think hard. that's it's a great different. point like even reusing a cup three times versus three cups yeah. is progress. And I think I've said before on this podcast, and it's sort of my stance on zero waste and sustainability, it's a practice, right? So you're like getting better, getting stronger all the time. It's like anything you practice, yoga, law, medicine, like every day that you practice is a little bit different, different challenges. And you just want to try and do your best. You can't be perfect all the time. You will make yeah. mistakes. And so if you set the bar at like all or nothing, then you're sort of like guaranteeing failure for yourself. But if you can yeah. look at incremental change as something positive, then like you can probably feel pretty good about a choice you made today. Yeah. And I also think too, like the blame, we want to blame ourselves for a lot of these things, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, these businesses and the big companies behind it who we kind of have to blame as well. Like Starbucks could get rid of plastic straws and then, people wouldn't have plastic straws at Starbucks anymore. Like people are going to be bitchy and put up a fuss, but like they yeah. could do that. And right. then there's that solution right there. So I think it's important that, um, you know, sometimes we're giving too many, we're given like too many options and it, you kind of have to, the businesses and the society and the government and whatever it is, we, they're part to blame. I don't know. That's what it Definitely. Right. Yeah. And I think another thing too, is that you said like, you feel like you either are a sustainability person or you're not. And it's like, that shouldn't be the way that it is. But I mean, don't get me started on how polarized everything is in our country, but, but you know, outside of just politics, but it's, it, it is something where it's like an all or nothing kind of a thing, or we at least think of it that way. And I think that's, we shouldn't think even you, who is someone who I would assume is extremely like a sustainability person, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. Like you say that that's not how you look at it. You look at it as a practice. So it's interesting that like people that are actually walking the walk aren't looking at it in the way that we are as like plebeian people trying to do better. Well, something that you said I think is really interesting. And this is something I love. I feel like this is like our TikTok episode, but (laughs) something that you said that I feel like comes up for us all the time in the comments is that people are like, stop attacking these creators for making things that aren't sustainable. Go after bigger companies because they can have more change. And I do agree that big companies can make enormous change very quickly, like you said. But at the same time, I also kind of feel like market trends inform what big companies end up doing. So if more people, you know, are saying to Starbucks, I don't want a straw, then it's more reason for Starbucks to stop carrying straws. So I do feel like we have a little bit of power as Mm -hmm. consumers to inspire the big companies to do things. But I definitely feel like the, the being in a free market economy, the private sector is like the fastest place to make change way faster than individual consumers for sure. Well, and I think too, like 
we we've talked about this via text before, Daniel. Oh, yeah? But um, like, yeah, I don't go after the small person. Go after the big business. The big business doesn't give one fucking shit what my <laughs> what I say on a TikTok that I don't even know how to access on the internet. Like that definitely doesn't look at it. But like want to know what they do do is steal the ideas of really good sustainable companies and make them themselves. Like one ad that I saw recently for Dove deodorant that is coming out with a deodorant. That's a reusable, like a refillable deodorant that literally looks exactly like the bite deodorant from their website, which like is what it is. I'm not throwing shade either way, whatever, but like they literally took a page out of someone's book that was making a really successful, sustainable product. And now a company that you might be have been buying deodorant from for your entire life now makes that same sustainable product as in, like the, a, in theory, a knockoff as a knockoff. Boom. I mean, it sucks, so how's that for all that fucking you know, haters? Yeah, that, I mean, that sucks and it sucks for that company, but that's definitely something. I'm I mean, they'll be fine. Seeing a lot of, and I don't, don't know that there's a, you know, there's nothing you can do, you well, know, like, but that person that owns that smaller company might have seen my TikTok and been affected by it. And then they then affect a change into a bigger company. Know what I mean? Correct or incorrect? It could be. Yeah. You know, there's no one way to go about it. But I do think from your perspective as a creator and someone who who follows these trends, it's really interesting. I appreciate your insight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's weird. These trends, you know, a lot of the trends, you know, like you mentioned, like, are usually not very sustainable, I would say, you know, like a lot of them have to do with fast food and a lot of them have to do with like Starbucks and, you know, all of these big companies that are like very universally like found in the US at least, like that everyone has access to in the Midwest. So a lot of time it's plastic or it's, a bunch of yeah, it's just not not always the best, and yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know if there's a good way to go. About well, and it's it. and it's inadvertently like kind of making advertising for like someone's new product. You sure. know what I mean? Like yeah. correct or incorrect? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely advertising driven. And it, and I think what you're confirming for us is that there's an inherent interest in sort of like wastefulness and negativity on this platform. So engaging in some of that is sort of beneficial for you if you want to get more followers and things like that which we've seen ourselves yeah yeah being haters on the internet well which is what i do best as long as we're giving people advice on how to get more followers on the internet maybe we should give them advice on some other things yeah. we have a couple you, of listener questions you love a transition can we stop really quickly right there to say you love a transition do you prefer you, if i jam it in with no loop no you <laughs> but you do such great ones and they're so wild and i love them that's um i feel like i can really work anything into like something you, else. A segue, like your favorite thing. A segue yeah. is, you know, it's like, I've got my blinker on from down the block. Yeah, he's been waiting to throw that in. <laughs> my God, anyway. All right, well, we do have listener questions. Okay, so someone wrote to us and they said, I met a new person that I want to make my friend, but I don't know what to do. Um, I just don't know how to people anymore. Like, what do you actually do on a friend date? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, thank you very much. Can't wait to listen. So thank you, TikTok, for ruining social norms. This person doesn't know how to make friends anymore. I think it's also, I mean, reading between lines, I know this person, they are like, I'm a full-fledged adult and I like met someone and want to like make a new friend, but is it weird if I, like, how do you approach like being like, I want to be friends with you? Like, is there a decorum? Do I have to do something? That's the question at large. I don't even know that. <laughs> I have that issue too, as of recent months, years. I mean, I don't know the whole COVID pandemic thing. Also, I think through wrench in that too, with like people are like, "Oh my god, weird! I'm 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 in a bar. Do I 
can I just walk up to people and talk to people? Like people don't know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable these days, but I don't know. Just be, be real and just be like, I want to be your friend. I don't know. <laughs> I think you go. Uh, well, I was going to say, I think a friend date is appropriate, but I don't feel like it needs to be that much pressure. Like, I feel like you yeah. think about something that you might enjoy doing together, whether it's coffee or a museum exhibit. Like, did, how did you meet this person? Did you bond over something? Was it food? Was it art? Was Let's it say you movies? met at a party. Let's just say, like, you met at your, it's a friend of a friend or okay. like someone that you met at a party. Let's, Let's just say we context. met at a party and we were talking about vintage clothes that we love. Like, I would just hit them up on like Instagram or whatever and be like, hey, do you want to go thrifting one day? Yeah. And like, that's it. Like you have, yeah. like, there has to be an activity because if you're like, do you want to hang out? Like that's a, like, no, that's strange. Oh, I was going like to say like date. go to lunch. Yeah. Lunch. Lunch is an activity. Lunch is a great activity. I love lunch. Come to brunch. Brunch with like a group of people too. Like if you're scared to do it like by yourself, like then make it a, a group thing. I don't know. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. A group yeah. thing would be. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, if it's weird, years. if you're like, I'm just going to like go on a date with another person that's like. It's like a group audition. You could bring like two or yeah. three potential new friends. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you one of those people that used to like have seven dates at a bar and just have them all show up and like see what happens? No, I'm one of those people who could never tell when someone was hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. I had no idea. You're like, oh, thank you. I was like, oh my God. That's like, a, you don't have to buy my drink. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this person needs to just, and I think don't be worried about it being weird. Like, I think people are so yeah. worried about being like, oh, this is awkward. It's like, it's really not. It's like, really you're two adults and you can be like, weird. say that again. It's only weird if you make it weird. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. literally be like, I, hey, do you want to get a drink? Or like, literally, let's go get lunch at like some random place and then just shoot the shit and like laugh. And then on the flip side, if you are the friend and someone invites you and you're not interested, just say no. Just yeah. like, yeah. just be like, honestly, I'm packed to the gills and I'm, it's never going to work in my schedule. <laughs> I feel like we get this like social pressure to like say yes to everything all the time. And like, if you have enough close friends and you can't do it and you can't make space for a new person in your life, like don't No, But this person does want don't be a tease to do that. No, but I'm saying if oh, the person if they the invite person. doesn't want to go, like well, don't say yes. You're just giving like advice to everyone in this scenario. Well, you know, I have nothing to share if not opinions. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, I guess that's that. <laughs> yeah, next. I think we no, answered. the questions were going to be sustainability. For no, 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 no. We, we're is, done with that part of I'm the show. I'm telling you, we like oh, to everything? give oh, that was just advice that, that we are not qualified to give on how people should live their lives. Elliot, I also, you need to know one other thing. If there's nothing in this mm -hmm. world that I like more, it's what? STB. Shooting the motherfucking breeze. And that's what we're doing right now. Okay, next question. <laughs> What are common red flags in dating and how do I spot them? Ooh. Boom. This is a good question. Common red flags in dating. Daniel, go. Uh, don't look for men in the garbage. Okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> like, if this is someone who, like... I mean, didn't Beyonce and Destiny's Child teach us, like, can't pay your automobiles, can't pay your telephone bills, like, <laughs> borrowing money from me? Like, no. Jesus all Christ. of these things, yeah. like... If this person is not a full-fledged independent adult when you meet them, then they are not qualified dating material. You you can still sleep with them, but yeah. like they don't like they they exist only in bed. How do you how do okay, how do you know? Like explain what that if means. If someone invites you on a date, 
they should either be paying for your date or splitting it with you. But okay. if they invite you out and you end up paying, red flag. That's a deal that, breaker, ladies. That's a deal breaker, ladies. <laughs> okay, but like, I feel like they should even get that far. Like, I feel like you should be able to like scope that out beforehand. But I don't know. That's just, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's yeah, a, yeah. Yes, what are correct. your red flags? What is Tell a, us. What's a red flag that you see that you're like? Like bad texting. I oh, Maybe oh, that's God. just like the, the millennial in me, but like. Oh my God, if you're a bad texter, I uh, dread. What does that mean? What is bad texting? Yeah, what's bad mean? texting? Like, bad texting would be like taking more than like five to 10 minutes to respond to a message. <laughs> Actually, like, yeah, yeah. Um, that shit pisses me off. Um, I would agree with that, actually. I would say, like, because even if you're like, ooh, sorry, really busy, more later, like, then it, you still respond to the person. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I don't care. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me because I work on my phone. No. Yeah. Like, it's not just seven, But everyone is always checking their phones. That's so not it's, true. It's, That's not true. It's I'm super not. true. He's he's right. But I have a job that, like, I'm doing a lot of things in the moment and I'm not on my phone. But everyone... Like, I'm not at a desk Anyone you would be dating would know that and you would tell them in the morning when you have your, like, goodbye, kissy face text message, like, I'm not going to be able to text. Okay, that's valid. And and you are very communicative, so I know you would tell the person that. You tell me all... We're not even dating. And you tell me all the time, like, I'm going to be on set, I'm going to be dark for, like, whatever, 24 hours, and I'll text you in the morning. Mm -hmm. And you always do. That's true. No red flags here. Good business partner. Um, <laughs> what's okay? Any other red flags? What are they? Okay, I'll go off with two more. Bad texting also means like embarrassing grammar. Like, oh yeah, autocorrect is fine, and like a mistake here and there, whatever. But like, if you don't know the difference between two, two, and two, there, there, and there, like that's your, your, your. Like that's yeah. embarrassing, and I can never introduce you to my mother. That's like, a deal breaker, ladies. True. Yeah. Right. Like you're never going to be able to take my surname and represent me on my behalf because you can't yeah. tell the difference. So, yeah. you know, grammar does actually matter. Yes. Also bad table manners. Like if you're <gasps> a disgusting biggest, eater. Biggest like, red flag. Oh, I'm saying, no, the way that they treat a, someone in a, a, in a service position 100%. is like oh, yeah. the number one. If they're rude or if they feel entitled because yeah. they exist on this planet, that's the worst, biggest red flag in my opinion. hundred percent. Like period. I I was just in Puerto Rico and there was someone on our trip. Hopefully they're not listening to this. And he was so freaking rude to the servers at every restaurant I went to in Puerto Rico. And it was so embarrassing. Not that I didn't like him at all because of that as well. He literally would like flag down the waitress and he's just (gasps) taking and like bring up the the bill to her. I'm like, leave her alone. No, yeah, no. And you didn't say anything? I just, I, I was over the whole the yeah. him. So like, it was just like, I was just letting him like do whatever the fuck he wanted, but like so embarrassing. I'm just like, oh dude, come on. Right. And like, if you're not responsible for that person, like then yeah. fine, whatever, embarrass yourself. But like, yeah. we're talking about red flags and dating, like major red flags. Oh, that's like a nut. That's like, what's a bigger than a red flag? That's like, I also feel like a, in terms a red flag store that they own. In terms of yeah. red flags, like. There's like two aspects of dating that I I think are like really important and where you find like a qualified partner is like the intersection, like in the Venn diagram. So like you have to have intense sexual chemistry because if this person like isn't into what you're into, then like, why are you dating them? You should just be friends. You figure that along the way. Yes, but I'm telling you, this is a red flag, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not seeing eye to eye on how to get the other person off, then like that's a major red flag. And then on the flip side of it, like you should have a lot of common interests because if you don't like each other's like work or life or life, like, can you imagine dating someone who was like not into the fact that you were all over TikTok? Like that would be such Uh, a red flag to me. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. like, and they're like, "What are you making another video?" It's like, "Yeah, I'm making a fucking video." Yeah, I'm getting paid, <laughs> bitch. Are you kidding me? So like, the Venn diagram is that like they love you for who you are, and they can't get enough of it. Yeah. And then on top of it, like they make your toes curl. So that's got to be like it has to be the overlap because otherwise you have a sex friend or a life friend and not like someone to actually date. I think another red flag is like if this person doesn't have room in their life for another for a partner. Period. Mm-hmm. There's people, and the, the New York's rampant, full of them. People that mm-hmm. have like I'm in this club and I do this and I have this hobby and I have this hobby and it, like I love a hobby. I love extracurriculars. I love all of that stuff. But there's people that are like have filled their life up with all of their like things that they've done to like make their life full because they don't have a partner. And then there's mm-hmm. like no room for a person to like come into that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's really mean, but like, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you, you know, you just cause you go to this and I have these friends that I see this night and then I see this and then I have that. If there's no like place for you to be involved in any of that. And you're just like tagging along through the like plans mm-hmm. that this person has set up for their life. That's yeah. a deal breaker ladies. Oh, definitely. I mean, how do you guys feel about friends as red flags? Like this is like this person that's friend. Like this is, is my best friend and you hate them. Oh, that's a huge red flag. <laughs> if their friend is like an absolute monster. Yeah. yeah no, that's a huge red flag. Couldn't uh, it be bigger. I never thought of it like that. Interesting. Because hmm. that just shows like who, what kind of person that you, you think that this is acceptable. Yeah. Like if I go to dinner with my friend, if I go to dinner with someone that I'm dating and then I meet their friend, like let's say we all three go to dinner and then you, their friend is the person that you were just with on in Puerto Rico, like handing the bill to the waitress. That's yeah. like, I'm like, oh, we're go- like, bye. Like it's never going to yeah, like, Who are you hanging around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's like unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. Like your friends are garbage people. <laughs> so you're garbage. Then. <laughs> exactly. Or like you at least have like a way high tolerance for garbage that I do not. Yeah. Do. You shouldn't. Hmm. Interesting. Any other red flags that we can think of? I'm trying to think like off the top of my head, like what? I don't like it when people aren't spontaneous. I think that's a really big red flag. Like, mm. um, not like spontaneous, but like, no, I'm trying. Like, like if, too set in their ways. To, Is that they have to plan, plan too much? You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just like, hey, like come over. Or like, what are you doing? Like, you know, later tonight, and it's just like. I don't know. You always have to like schedule stuff with them. Like, but I don't like that. Yeah. Like uh, there has to be some kind of like spontaneity, I think, but that's just me. I totally agree. I also think the way people talk to their parents on the phone. Ooh. Like if this isn't someone who like has any respect or reverence for their parents, like obviously some people have fucked up relationships with their family and like you have to take that into account. But like if they don't say I love you to their mom at the end of a conversation and they have like a fairly normal relationship with their mom, I'm like, what? how are you going to get off the phone with me? Yeah, how are you going like, to talk to me? <laughs> Attitude. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, even if you're annoyed with someone, like, it was like, okay, bye, mom. I love you. Yeah. Cleanliness of their apartment. I mean, yes, but that goes without saying. (laughs) Does it? Does it? I don't know. I feel like apartment and, like, rooms, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if your apartment's clean but your room's messy, like, that's okay, but I don't know. (laughs) Messy and dirty are two totally different things. Messy I can handle, dirty I cannot. Neither can I handle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And if it depends on like how old you are, but like once you've hit, I'll say 30, I guess, like if you don't have like legitimate furniture, like yeah. that's a deal breaker, ladies. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. if your mattress is on the floor, absolutely not. Yeah. And the other way that you can judge any man is by his sheets and his towels. And if those are not nice, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Period. 
<laughs> You're not wrong. I agree. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> All the red flags you could possibly need for finding a life partner. <laughs> do we have another advice question? We do. I'm reading it right now. Um, okay. Speaking of friends, how's that for a segue? Look at you speaking making these smooth transitions. <laughs> speaking of friends, is it worth saving a friendship that is long standing if you're not happy slash being treated unfairly? What should I do? So with just a friend, like your friends, like not inviting you to stuff or like what? That's I think it's just like you're no longer the person said not happy slash being treated unfairly. Mm. So make some new friends. <laughs> I want to say, uh, no, I want to say like, I think if you have a longstanding friendship with someone, I think it's worth having a conversation with them. Yes. I think that you should at least come to a, but like, hmm, but if you don't want them in your life anymore, do you want to have a conversation? This is a hard one. This is a very hard one. This is what I'm going to say is that I don't like feeling like I'm being talked down to by my friends. Yeah. And I yeah. never want my friends in a position where I feel like they're like explaining things to me or yeah, telling yeah. me about myself. And yeah. so I never want to do that to them. And so yeah. I feel like if you're happy, you're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're yeah. out there, and I'm yeah. just not living for it, then, like, maybe we just don't need to be so close. I don't feel like I need to be like, honestly, I don't like who you've turned into. I don't like how you talk to me. I don't like this. I don't like that. I'm like, you know what? Someone else will. Just be friends yeah. with them. Yeah. And I think it's like you have to decide before you do anything, I think you need to decide, like, is this a relationship that you would like to salvage or is this something where you want to not be involved in this anymore? Cause if that's the case, then it's pretty easy to just be like, I don't know. I think you need to make the decision between like, do you want to stay in this friendship? Yeah, and like, like, what can this friendship turn into someone that you just get dinner with every once in a while and like catch yeah. up with? Like, you know what I mean? It's like someone who you're like, I don't need to like tell this person that they're a horrible person, but yeah. And I feel like you just have different types of friends, you know, like I have like, some friends who like, you know, we just get dinner or we go play tennis together and like maybe every once in a while we'll go out, you know? I feel like like the definition of friend is so like wide, you know? Like you have your like, at least for me, like I have my friends, we like go out, you know, those are my like my, my going out friends. And then I have my friends that I can, you know, maybe I don't see them that often, but like I tell them about everything. So I guess it would be just like, figure out what kind of friendship you want with them. And like, I always like, if they're only giving so much, only give that much out, you know, don't, I mean, go an extra mile if it's worth it, I guess. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's also like, I feel like we have put such an emphasis on like the amount of time that we've been friends with people and that's supposed to mean yeah, something. Yes. Whereas like many times it doesn't. I also yes. feel like, you know, for every generation, there's like that couple of TV shows like mm -hmm. Friends mm -hmm. that kind of define how we see friendships yeah. and yeah. what we see as normal. And I feel like the millennials, we grew up with these like, I have keys to your house. I'm in your house when you get home. We yeah, have coffee every Sunday. Yeah, codependent relationships that like are very, very codependent relationships that I find as an entrepreneur in New York City living my best life, like are totally unrealistic and unattainable. And then I feel like, you know, for your generation, for like, I mean, the kids right now, like, I mean, 
you know, 15 and younger right now, like making internet friends is totally normal. And for us, like that was like a some, brave new world. Yeah, yeah. Meeting someone on the internet was something your parents would be like, you're not doing that. So yeah, cause that's an old man. That's like trying to like get you in a van somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like now it's like kids have their friends that they've like known their whole lives that are on Instagram with them. So I think it's, yeah, it's weird. It's definitely weird. Like, yeah, I've made a bunch of internet friends too, but it's like, that changes like the definition of friendship because like if you just know someone online then there's these like weird boundaries like when you do meet in person like i don't know it's like totally different i don't know it's bizarre it's like it's i don't know yeah it's bizarre i don't know well and then, then like add the layer of like you're a public person so people feel like they know you but then how do you differentiate you know who you feel close to yeah yeah i feel like you i feel like when you make a friend on the internet and like it's almost like two steps to it. Like, say you meet like someone in real life and like, whatever, like your friends in real life and you know, whatever you build that friendship. But like, I feel like it, like when you meet someone on the internet, you have to build that internet friendship up. And then you have to, then when you do meet, it's like, okay, we're like kind of starting again. So it's almost like double the amount of work. I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Totally agree. I, to answer this person's question, I think like you have to decide what you want to do. Like if you want them to be your friend still or not. And I think what you have to do is, create boundaries either within like keeping them at an arm's length and just kind of downgrading the friendship to like, I'll get dinner with you when I want to. Or Mm -hmm. I think you can also like, I don't think it's worth staying in a, in a friendship that you're not happy with just because you've been friends for a long time, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you've been friends for 15 years since high school, like people change, you change as a person, you grow. maybe they're not growing on the same path as you. Maybe they're, maybe you're not growing on the same path. Like whatever it is, you know, I, like when people are like, oh, I have so many like high school friends. I like laugh. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any high school friends anymore. Maybe that's, maybe that's a new problem, but it's fine. But you know, I don't know. People change. But that doesn't mean anything about you. Like that shouldn't yeah, be a no, judge. No. Like you just said like, oh, maybe that means something about me, but like that shouldn't be a judgment against you. Sure. Sure. You know, sure. I feel like yeah. so, a conversation I had with a friend recently comes to mind and it was sort of the difference between a friendship based in shared experience and a friendship based in shared values. And I feel like a lot of those old friendships, those high school friendships, those childhood friendships are based in shared experiences. And so, so I sort of put those friendships almost like in a box because we have grown in different directions and it's still fun to see those people and laugh about those shared experiences and remember them. And like, you know, that, that energy is there when you're together. But when I think about my daily life or like the choices I'm making, like, I don't see us as thinking the same way. So I'm, it's not someone I'm going to call for advice. It's not someone who I'm going to immediately ask, you know, what do you think about my home? Or what do you think about this person as my life partner or whatever? Like, I don't care what you think because we don't see the world the same, but we had so much fun at camp that summer. So, you know, I think kind of knowing whether or not you see yourselves moving forward parallel or if you're just sort of like reminiscing is important now that we've gotten all of our super solicited advice out of the way on how to live your life according to us um we have a speed round of questions that we want to ask you don't overthink it okay no pressure okay just first thing that pops into your mind okay are you ready yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think you're ready. What is one thing that you've owned the longest? Game Boy, my Game Boy. <gasps> what a good answer! <laughs> yeah, I still have my N64. Uh, so do I. Do you really? Yeah, we should play sometime. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what's something that you use often that you wish was made with better quality? My clothing. Slam. Slam on the fashion oh, my- industry. <laughs> I don't know. What's one modern convenience that you cannot live without? Modern convenience that I can't live without? Um, Trader Joe's. <clears throat> what's, that's a great answer. <laughs> what do you find yourself always spending money on? Coffee. Love that. What is your least sustainable habit? Getting coffee every morning. <laughs> <laughs> what is your most sustainable habit? Using paper bags at the grocery store. <laughs> well, that was a speed round with the one and only Elliot Norris. I loved hey. your answers. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Um, before we leave you, is there anything you want to tell us about what you're working on? Anything coming up that's big for you? You want to remind anyone where to follow you if they don't already, uh, because yeah. they're not one of the million people following you on TikTok. Um, yeah, but lo- lots of fun stuff to looking forward to for this next year. Not just food, but a lot of different things. Maybe I'll even make a little cameo on your television, but I can't talk Bazinga. about that. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, Yes, lots of fun stuff, hopefully, that that is happening, that we are in the works, that I can't share yet. But yeah, a lot of really exciting things, uh, some social media related things and some not. So I guess just stay tuned. (laughs) I love that. I think that was like the best plug for why to follow and find out maybe ever. What's your what's your handle? Uh, So my handle on Instagram is Elliot Norris, E-L-L-I-O-T-T two t's n-o-r-i-s and then on tiktok it's call me belly because i was trying to blend in with this whole new generation and fun little kitschy names and stuff and i thought that was a little bit more fun than my name so yes (laughs) elliot norris call me belly love all of your videos it's been so much fun following you getting to know you and thank you for sharing your unfiltered opinions with us Oh my God, of course. I can't wait to watch this episode. Um, Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Okay, so when we conceptualized this podcast, this was literally the first product that I thought about for doing a product This was like the mood board. Yes, 100%. So this is the Bite Toothbrush Tablets. Um, okay, what I'm going to say is I feel like I'm in the 1950s. Like, I love the packaging so much. These little glass bottles with these little metal tops and these little toothpaste tabs. Like, it feels it's very, very retro. Yes, it's very, like, Quaaludes. Very, yes. very Queen's Gambit. And it um, it really contributes to my, like, mid-century modern vibe. Yeah, it sure does. Um, in so the, the this apartment. is, it has 60. Okay, so here's the thing. There's multiple sizes of this. What I do like is... I bought these online. Again, there's like the subscription. Like I can keep buying these for like more money, which I, again, I think is kind of a gross thing, but you'd say it's not as horrible. I don't think it has a position on the sustainability scale, but I think in terms of like marketing and stuff, it's, it's on the lowbrow despicable end of the approval. I just, just, it's very like a demand. Like I'm, I'm creating demand that doesn't exist. Right. So these, but you can, but what the thing that I like about it is that this is the smaller version. So they sell one. I think this was like 12 or $15, That's not bad. which is not bad at all. Very affordable. Especially if I want to try this, like I might not fucking like this. Like I might try this and be like, this is disgusting. We talked all about my, toothpaste needs and this like I want to use these but they might not be my forever toothpaste but it's good because this is like a little trial this has 62 bits in it which are like little tablets 
And like this so is essentially the small, that's a month of brushing your teeth. But this is the small version. So right. like there's a bigger one that's more expensive, but you're able to try this is kind of like the tester. Right. Which I like that. So I like that option. Supply. I like that option. Um that was extremely affordable. Um, so here we go. Bite. 62 bits. Instructions. Place one bit in your mouth. Bite down. Brush with a wet toothbrush twice a day, every day. Naturally whitening toothpaste bits. Ingredients. Oh, okay, there's the ingredients. Made with NHA. Nanohydroxyapatite? Yeah, NHA. Is a revolutionary non-toxic fluoride alternative that tackles plaque and sensitivity. Plastic-free, palm oil-free, vegan, no sulfates, paraben-free, cruelty-free. Use only as direct to keep away from pets. Like you, Kira. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but Kira literally records like almost every other every, episode. She's the third co-host. And she has her head on the microphone right now. Yeah. She is resting on the microphone stand, but she is not brushing her teeth. Um, their Instagram is at bite and then bitetoothpaste.com. Um, yeah, so this is it. I mean, from a packaging standpoint, they get an A plus on sustainability. Definitely reusable. You could put like Advil in there. You could put like a painkiller. You could put a, like, you could do a little mini floral arrangement. This could be a little mini floral arrangement. Yeah. I'm like out of it, like as if it's a jar. <laughs> At my cousin's wedding, they had like hundreds of teeny little jars like this, each with one flower. It was beautiful. That's really cute. Um, this could be like a sustainable ginger shot. Hundred percent. You could do salad dressing on the go. Salad dressing on the go for sure. Soy sauce on the go. Yeah, the the gift with purchase is is strong with yes. this one. Yeah, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like this is gift with purchase forward. But like this could be, it could be many things. Yeah, it's very reusable it's a, and a hundred percent recyclable. And it's a great size. Like yes. a little. It's little, but it's not too little. Like you right. could bring like travel. This could be a travel um, lotion. Right. Shampoo. Know what I mean? Yes. Like this could be. Yeah, this could be a lot of things. I really like this packaging. And keep your. Herbal remedies. Um, Spices. Your devil's cabbage in here. Um, <laughs> okay, so I, okay, so I have one tap right do here. I also, you know this about I'm gonna me. bite I down. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I'm not really good at like brushing my teeth. Like I can't keep all the toothpaste in my mouth because I'm a monster. You can do it over the bowl. I know, I'm just telling you. I'm just, I'm just trying to give character development. It me. tastes good. Okay, so. I'm using my Zafiro, um sustainable toothbrush that you bought me. Me too. Love it. So I'm biting this. Oh. Okay. I don't know if I brushed my teeth long enough, but I just had to spit this out and tell you of every toothpaste tab I have tried and I have tried a lot and every like homemade alternative, sustainable, whatever. This is the least grainy and the most comfortable mouthfeel, and my teeth feel the cleanest. I have to say, in terms of sustainable toothpaste, this is my favorite so far by a long shot. Okay, so you say, like, most of these are grainy. I've never done anything like this. I've never done, like, a toothpaste bite, like a I've done like a, a lot tablet. of things like this. Okay, so you I've say never that- tried this brand. I've wanted to try this brand, but it was sold out for a long time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, they were in. They were in stock today when I bought it. Um, um, so you say that they're like grainy. I've experienced like a lot, like a very granular feeling, yeah, and I yeah. feel like I'm like pushing grains into my gums, and it hurts. Yeah, and I don't like that. Okay, this felt like it actually kind of fizzed a little in my mouth, and there was no grainy texture at all. It felt really like 
effervescent and my mouth feels really fresh right now. It definitely was more like, it definitely once it got going, I was like, oh, I, I would believe that this is just like normal toothpaste. Right. This feel, I feel like I brushed my teeth. I don't feel like I brushed my teeth with something sustainable. Correct. Ooh, do we like this? I think I do. I'm ner- like. I would want to consult my dentist and see how they feel about yes. it. Because like naturally whitening means like, to me, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yes. like not like, you know what I mean? Like even like the 3D white shit, I'm like, this doesn't do shit. Like even like the, the most, the most whitening that you can on the market, that's not like medical grade. Like I'm like, this does nothing. You want the UV light like in your mouth. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, they, they promise that it's like, that doesn't do anything. So it's like, <laughs> that's my, my biggest thing with this is that like, I might want that like real whitening. Like what happens if I start using this and then my teeth are getting like not as white. I honestly have no idea. And that's that's why I think, you know, if you're really thinking about switching products full time, it's always worth consulting a yeah, professional. Yeah. But I feel like from a I'm going to smell your breath perspective and like my teeth felt fuzzy when I brushed them and they don't anymore. Like it really does seem to be doing its job. It definitely. Yeah, it definitely was like, oh, this is like happening. Like noticeably fresher, better than some toothpastes that are conventional. Um yeah, I liked it. I did too. It was, it was, and I, it's similar to what we did, like the mouthwash tablets is like, this would be like a great thing to throw in your bag. Yeah. And like have so that like, no matter what I could like do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than like need a. Oh yeah. A whole tube of toothpaste that you're like, what the fuck is Also it like you can't bring a tube of toothpaste through TSA. True travel. And this is like no big deal. Oh my God. You're so right. I've never been more right. This is the rightest I've ever been. Yeah, truly. No, this is like a great, yeah, because it's not a liquid. Right. And, and this it's is small. Like, it's and, less than whatever ounces. Oh, it's totally, this is smaller than like my travel like shampoo thing. It's teeny tiny. You know what I mean? It's like totally can throw right in your, right in your. um Itty bitty bites. Right in your. Top kit? No, I don't like that word. Cosmetic bag? Right in your toiletry bag. There you go. Couldn't think of it. Um, Your toiletry bag and like that, there you go. Yeah. And that's a month worth of toothpaste right there. Right there. And for someone who travels a lot. And I buy those little mini toothpastes. Travel, yeah. Which are not are not sustainable at all. Wow. Maybe this is and your I, new travel toothpaste. And I run through them hardcore because I'm like. Well, you like a fresh mouth. Love a fresh mouth. And so like this could be my new travel toothpaste. Wow. We may have a convert on our hands. I'm bringing it. I'm going to be what? Flying out in a couple like. A couple days. A couple days. I'm, this is coming with me. Damn boy. Wow. All right. So. As far as we know, this, this is sustainable. sustainable. Have we had a product that is not sustainable yet? Um, we have given mixed reviews before. Okay. This is passing with flying oh, colors. Oh, flying colors. Yeah, we love And I this. was ready to hate on this, too. I was, like, coming in and being like, this fucking bullshit. Like, wow. This has been a great episode. Yeah. I feel like we've learned a lot. We've seen surprises, bombshells. Oh, my God. I'm a, a roller coaster of emotions. <sighs> wow. Every time is so different. It really is. Thanks, Chris. I love doing this with you. I love doing this with you. Thanks for getting this cute little toothpaste. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, but it's so cute. It is. It is. It like, that's the best is when something is more sustainable and it contributes to like my living a cute life fantasy. Yeah. Well, there you go. Have a good one, guys. Until next time. Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at This Is Not Sustainable on TikTok or This Is Not Sustainable Pod on Instagram. 
This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris DeRosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time. 